This episode is brought to you by our free guide, Nine Ways to Outsource at Home. If you're not already convinced about outsourcing, today's guest will reassure you that it is important. Go to our website, thejuggle.com.au forward slash outsource and download the guide. If you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lulovich, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Joel Lulovich and Lucy Dickens. Welcome back to the Juggle Podcast. We have very deliberately scheduled today's episode for this very day because we're going to be talking about organizing. And given that Christmas has just happened, we suspect that some of you are feeling like us, which is that we're overwhelmed with all the extra stuff that suddenly appeared in our lives. Overwhelmed is exactly right. And when Joe and I were talking about scheduling this topic, we said this must be after Christmas. And I told Joe a story about the I think it was Lily after Lily's first Christmas, or it may have been last year, her second Christmas, when I've told my family, please don't buy my child Christmas presents yet. She's too young. She doesn't understand. She doesn't need anything. And I ended up with so much stuff. I got home and I think it was Boxing Day. So they listened to you really well. Yeah. Thanks family. They, they don't care. They say them. When it comes <laughs> to my grandchildren, I will do what I like. Anyway. And I got home and I think it was Boxing Day and I had, I honestly had a panic attack with the amount of stuff that I had. And I remember calling my mum saying, I need you to come over and help me. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with all this stuff because I just don't cope very well with stuff. And so if anyone else is feeling that way, today's episode will help you. Yes. So once kids come along into your life, everything just seems to go, not just be doubled, but quadrupled or 10x in terms of the amount of stuff and the things that you've got going on. And that is definitely how I have found my life. So I started listening to a podcast called Organize 365 and it has made a bit of a difference. It really has got me thinking about how I approach my life, what kinds of things I need, where those things need to be. So today I'm super excited to actually have the host of that podcast, Lisa Woodruff, as our guest. Lisa is a home organization expert and productivity specialist. She's written a few books, including The Mindset of Organization and How ADHD Affects Home Organization. I know a lot of people, especially some in our community, who love pretty home organization items. I'm kind of looking at you here, Lucy, a bit of Kmart maybe. Um, However, Lisa focuses on teaching functional organizing and believes it is a skill that anyone can learn. So don't tune out just because you think that it's not something that you have a skill in because you can learn it too. Hi, Lisa. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. This is really going to be a fun conversation. I've been looking forward to it. The question that I want to start off by asking you is about decluttering and minimalism, which I know you say are very different to organizing, but both those topics of decluttering and minimalism seem to be on trend at the moment. Can you tell us what is the difference between organizing and decluttering? Yes, that is an awesome question. Thank you for asking. I don't think it's a question that's being asked right now. They're being lumped together and they're two completely different things. So decluttering is when you literally like walk through your house with a trash bag, anything that's trash or donations, or you no longer want it and you just get it out. 
it is very liberating. It's something you could do. Like you get a burst of energy. You could just declutter a room or declutter a whole house and you literally feel lighter afterwards. And so you feel like this is awesome. I've made progress. I've decluttered. But the organizing part is when you actually take what's left and make it more purposeful. So do you have all the school supplies in one area? Do you have all your makeup and bathroom supplies in one area? I know you'd be like, of course I do. No, you don't. They're in your, they're in your car, they're in your purse, they're in your kitchen, they're <laughs> wherever you left them. They are literally everywhere. You have to stop and think about, I actually do my makeup downstairs. I don't do it in the master bathroom. So I should move all of my makeup downstairs or things like that. Sometimes it's when you find, I actually need more ice cream scoops. The kids are now using ice cream every day. We need more ice cream scoops. Sometimes in organizing, you actually buy stuff. It's not just decluttering. And then minimalism is a totally different thing altogether. It's not really decluttering or organizing. It's more of not wanting to live with a lot of stuff in your possessions and being really mindful of how many items you have in any category. I'm a decluttering junkie. Listening to your description and that burst of energy and that excitement, Mm -hmm. that's totally me because I will usually let the house go for a few days or a week or God forbid, two weeks. And then all of a sudden I look around and I go, oh, I can't handle this. This is terrible. And I go around like crazy, just picking up stuff and hopefully throwing a lot of stuff in the bin and (laughs) generally sort of tidying. But then I stop. Yeah. And what happens is when you get the decluttering and you get addicted to that decluttering energy, whenever you feel like your life is out of order, you want to declutter. And then sometimes you don't really need to get rid of stuff, but you haven't done the organizing, like everything has a place part. And because you're not going to do the everything has a place part and you attribute your good feeling to getting rid of things, you're like, well, I guess I don't need it so that you can get that good, quick feeling from decluttering and you get rid of more than you actually should because you're looking for decluttering to actually give you that organized feeling. It does in the beginning and you get addicted to it and then you need to take your learnings to the next level and actually create order out of your chaos. So how do we decide what things we should organize and what things we should get rid of? So decluttering is first, like go through and get rid of as much as you can, get that nice high. Do we do the Marie Kondo, if it doesn't bring you joy, dispose of it? What do do you think about that? (laughs) Yeah. So what I love about Marie Kondo is it definitely opened up this discussion. And I have a podcast episode, Why the Magic Art of Tidying Up Does Not Work for American Women. And it's because our houses are huge. Like in Australia, your houses are actually bigger than American houses. I know. I heard that statistic the other day and I was shocked. The only country that has a bigger house than American houses do. Yeah. And so in the Japanese culture, they live together until they get married. Not like in America where we say our kids bounce back and are living with us in their 20s. No, you live in the Japanese culture house, which is a multi-purpose house. Like every room has multi-functions. In um, American and Australian homes, we have rooms Mm -hmm. we don't even use. They're for hot messes. That's what we have them for. (laughs) The junk room. We have so much more and we are, we are so much more consumers that it doesn't work because, well, it sparked joy because we bought it. We're consumers. Yeah. <laughs> we like to buy stuff. And so that doesn't work for us. It works great in your closet because she's very specific to organizing your closet. We need explicit directions. So when you feel like you're through the decluttering and you're ready to organize, you need, if you have the Marie Kondo book, read it and do your closet. It will work. Then you need to move on to a different organizer for another space. So I haven't say your closet and your kitchen, but if you're new to organizing and you want to really figure out how to do it, do the master bathroom or the laundry room. 
And the master bathroom is awesome because you declutter that. You know the nail polish that doesn't work and the makeup you don't want. But then you get to the vast array of makeup that you spent money on that you want to keep. Now you have to find a way to organize that, figure out what your new makeup routine is going to be, justify why things have to stay and wrestle with the organizing of that and go on a little field trip around your house and get all the things that should be in your master bathroom that aren't like, can you store cleaning supplies in there? Can you keep your toilet paper and your towels in your bathroom versus somewhere else if you declutter out some of the other things that are in there? I started doing that. We just moved into a new house a few months ago, finally into our dream home that we've been building for way, way too long. Congratulations. Thank you. And when we did and I came to the bathroom, I was like, where am I going to put the towels? I'm actually going to put the towels in the bathroom. I'm not going to put the linen in the linen cupboard, which is upstairs. I'm going to put them in the bathroom. It seems so basic. but I was just thinking, talking about where are we going to store the towels? It sounds really lame, but look how excited all three of us are by this conversation. <laughs> yes. Well, And if you have the towels in the bathroom, I mean, I'm just going to digress a little bit. Towels and sheets, like how many towels and sheets do we need? I was a professional organizer for six years. Every single house I went in, no joke, their childhood sheets were in that house. Like, because you take them (laughs) with you when you move out and then they have children and then they have all these twin sheets. They didn't even have a bed in the house that was a twin size. By the way, in the United States, um, homeless shelters love your twin sheets. I don't know if it's true in Australia as well. But they do, they will take your sheets. But towels, why do you put towels in the linen closet? Because they get hard and they kind of get smelly and you don't like those anymore. So you buy new ones, but you don't get rid of the old ones because maybe Noah's Ark is going to happen again. And we're going to need 800 (laughs) towels because we do this over and over again. It's not like when we buy another set of new towels, we let the first old set of towels go. No, we keep keeping them. Yeah. I'm quite lucky that with my husband, he's a carpenter and he's often looking for old towels and sheets for... for oh, well, well, we so. will send them your way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works out quite well. Mm-hmm. Look, one of the things that is, a, is an issue for Lucy and I is that we're both professional career women working mums. It's not easy, as all of us know, managing the career and the household, as we know that statistically speaking, that is still mostly the, the responsibility of the, of the female in the house. So given that most of our people listening in our community have young children or teenagers and are also in these demanding work roles, what do you think is the most overwhelming thing for them when it comes to all of this? I think number one, you need to recognize how much time owning a house takes. So according to the Pew Research Institute, it's 36 hours a week. Wow. Not including childcare. And they're counting, you know, laundry, cooking, grocery shopping, yard maintenance. Remember, we don't live in condos. We have houses. So we have yard maintenance and garages and car maintenance and 36 hours a week. And how that divides out right now, according to the study, is 18 hours for the woman, 10 hours for the man, not including childcare. So we're not putting kids in there yet. So what I say is, if you are a professional woman, even if you're working from home, you need to hire help. It's a full-time job to run your house. And it's a full-time job to parent. It's a full-time job to have your job. So you're doing three full-time jobs, right? And you can only put so much on your spouse. You really need to hire help. Now, what I think is the best help is a mother's helper. 
If that means that you come home from work, even if the kids are in daycare, if you have a nanny, that's the best, but that's the most expensive because a nanny will take care of your laundry and the cooking and the cleaning and things like that. Often when professional women's children go to full-time school and they get rid of the nanny, they can't figure out why their whole house fell apart because you got rid of your housekeeper. (laughs) Yeah. You didn't just get rid of your nanny. Yeah. Yes. So keep the nanny as long as possible. Definitely 100% hire somebody to clean your house. It is the least expensive, highest return on investment. Mm -hmm. It takes me eight hours a week to clean my house. It takes my housekeeper three hours every other week. Mm -hmm. That math does not add up, but it is realistic. So if you have somebody keeping your house cleaned, then you keep it cleaner and you keep it picked up because they come every two weeks. You keep it organized. Yes. Yes. So hire somebody to clean the house. It's not expensive. My husband loves it and he's not a spender, but it is definitely a marriage saver. And then get a mother's helper to come while you're doing, while you're making dinner. If you like to make dinner, if you don't like to make dinner, have the mother's helper make dinner. Mother's helpers, people who want that job are little moms in training. And all they want to do is pretend to be mom all day. That's all they want to do. They don't care if you want them to clean up the toys, fold the clothes, take the kids outside. They want to do all of those jobs happily. You're not, you know, putting something on them. And they're very, you know, they're the price of a babysitter, not a lot of money. And they love it. I haven't heard of that concept, Snap. Yeah. Do we have them in Australia? Well, somebody too young to be a babysitter. It's like a 10-year-old. So what do people babysit in your country? Like it's 12 here. Oh, I don't know. 12 is when you can take the Red Cross babysitting course. Guess how I know. <laughs> and, but you could be a mother's helper like at 10, which means the mom's in the house. So the mom's in the house, but you're playing with the kids and you're getting paid like a novice babysitter. Wow, that's so interesting. Now, we don't have any, any kind of concept like that. I made it up. Yeah. Like, and when I tell people, they're like, yeah. I mean, it's not like kids are out there going, I'm going to be a mother's helper. But once they hear what it is, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I want to do that. Yeah, yeah, make it sound exciting. When I was 10, I was probably that to my mum because I used to love cooking and maybe not so much cleaning, but I used to love ironing and I would do all her ironing. But I never got paid for that. So I need to go and rewind and say, hang on a minute, something wasn't right. Or better yet, <laughs> just drop your kids off over at her Very house true. every Very week and be like, payback. She already does, don't Done. worry. Yeah. <laughs> Extra. I forgot about the ironing. I get another day a month. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, good. I'll, I'll say you approved it, Lisa. I did. (laughs) She should listen to your podcast. She'll know. (laughs) Very true. Okay. So we'll go, we'll all go and get a mother's helper. Yes. And what do we do? This is the thing that I struggle the most with because I don't like stuff. I would say I'm probably a minimalist. I'm not extreme. You know, I don't count the number of spoons I have and things like that, but I struggle with things. So toys is one for me. Lily doesn't actually have that many toys. If anyone who comes over will say she doesn't really have that much. She has plenty. She's her first child. (laughs) No, Joe, don't. (laughs) But toys. So how do we deal with toys, especially if you think about rotating toys or toys that don't get used all the time, but maybe you want to keep for the next one or how do we organize them? It's a nightmare. Oh, good. So I talk about the phases of your life and the phases of children. And basically I'm out of the below five-year-old phase. And this is my advice to people who have children under five. Take more naps, hire a mother's helper, and every three months go through everything and get rid of as much as possible. Because it comes in constantly and they change clothing sizes and food preferences and toys and oh my gosh, and then there's another kid. It is just like shoveling snow in a snowstorm. If you have children that are not school age, 
it is nearly impossible to stay clean and organized. You need to take that expectation off of yourself completely. Keep your master bedroom, your master closet, your master bathroom as immaculate as you want. Go ahead and do that with the laundry room. The toy room, the kitchen, the family room, if you can get it looking presentable once a week, you get a gold star. And that needs to be your expectation on yourself. You cannot have an immaculate house. Now, I just spoke at a baby fair this weekend, and I had all these expectant moms. I said, I want you to think back to when you were under five years old, before kindergarten. What do you remember? Nothing. <laughs> Maybe one memory, but you for sure have no idea what your mother did at that point. So you need to keep the baby alive. You need to keep your sanity and you need to stay married. That's it. That's all you're doing until you can get your kids to school. Once you get them to school, all of a sudden they have memories and they think you're smart from you know kindergarten to fifth grade. They love you. We put all the routines in place. We get all their toys moved into their bedroom by the time they're 10 or 12 and out of the living areas of the house and you can regain your house. But when your kids are under five, I know some people, I'm sure there are some people going, well, that is terrible. I would never live that way. Well, 99.9% .9 of the world does. Yeah. So take a nap. I'm telling you, take a nap. Don't reorganize the playroom again because in 20 minutes, they're going to take it apart and you didn't have that nap and you're going to lose it. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's so funny. I'm on that cusp because my oldest turns nine. Actually, she'll be nine by the time everyone's listening to this. And the baby's four and a half. So, you know, he's, he's full-time school next. Yeah, he's full-time oh, school next year. That is the year. Yeah, and, and it's, it's really interesting because it's, as you say, you know, the nine-year-old's already on about, I need my space and I want my toys here and I want my things here. But the lounge room of the house has still got this huge section that's full of kid stuff and it's just near impossible. And I, I try to have it, as you say, once every so often tidied so that everything's away in the cupboards and hidden behind doors. But, you know, they have fun. They're building cuppies and pulling sheets out and moving furniture around and you can't stop. Well, I wouldn't stop them from doing that. Yeah. If, if you can get your house to some semblance of order once a week, you're A+. Plus. Yeah, Excellent. I'm doing okay. <laughs> We're doing all right. Another one of the organization related topics that comes up often with our listeners is organizing the family calendar and specifically around children in terms of who's home when, who's going to take the kids where, what after school activity and those kinds of things. What tools do you recommend to help with that? So my children are much older. They're 17 and 18. And probably when they entered middle school is when I started getting my husband on a Google calendar. And then as soon as they were in high school, they got a Google calendar. But that's much older than the school kids that you're talking about. Cozy is a great app too that has that calendar so that like the nanny and your husband and yourself can all be on the same page or grandparents if they need to be on that same calendar. I like Google better than Cozy or anything like that only because everybody has Google. Like, yeah. you know, you don't have to download an extra app. I could see it on my work count. It integrates with my work calendar and everything. I could see everything all together. As far as children, I think that when they are in grade school, they really need a paper calendar. Mm -hmm. And on Sunday, I go through my Sunday basket. And when my kids were in grade school, I would write out the entire week and I would put it on the refrigerator because my husband never looked at the Google calendar. Yep. And then we did the colors. Everybody had a color and then you could see what it was for the week. And on Sunday was when I called my mother-in-law or my husband and figured out who was going to drive everybody. You have to have a day of the week where you do it, where you have the family planning meeting and then everybody has to be able to see it all week long. I love the idea of doing it on a weekly basis because Lucy often laughs at me at the moment because mine's more of a daily basis. The night before the day, 
my husband and I look at each other and say, so what's happening tomorrow and who's doing what? Yeah. And you know, the more you have dual income families, which most of the listeners are going to be, I love this idea of shared parenting or, or lead parent. Like I'm a Gen Xer. I'm like, we did not have that terminology. I like had to do all the things and beg my husband to do whatever. So now it's this, you know, lead parent, whoever's lead parent. So I love, you know, right now I'm homeschooling my daughter and she volunteers on Tuesday, Wednesday nights. I take her and my husband always picks up. So like when we signed up, we were like, this is how it's going to be. And then we asked the other one if we need to swap out and we don't need to make that change. So if they're going to sign up for soccer, great. When are those practices? When is that going to be? Who's the lead parent? And just put the whole responsibility on that parent. Because what we find as women is we often have the mental load of the organizing, even if we're not doing the physical. So if soccer is something that your spouse wants to do, great. Then they're in charge of everything, including telling the nanny about it, not all running through you. And then what comes with that also for me, I'm just reminding myself and everyone else while I'm at it, is then letting go and letting them manage that however they want to manage that even if it's not how I would manage that. Correct. That's a reminder <laughs> yes. to myself. <laughs> yes, definitely. How they load the dishes, how they do the laundry, whatever. It does not matter. Delegate and let go just like you do at work. If you micromanage at work, they quit, right? Yeah. So don't, don't do that at home. Totally delegate to the mother's helper, to the nanny, to the housekeeper. You know what? My housekeeper cleans my house with bleach. I don't like bleach. I don't care because I'm not cleaning my house. She can do whatever she wants. Let them do it how they want. Sounds like I better stop reorganizing the dishwasher. Um, <laughs> I don't do it all the time, really. <laughs> the dishwasher is difficult because there is a right way to do it, right? Like how can you not know the right way? I have to be training my children the right way. We are getting them onto it, so it's good. Mm-hmm. So all this idea of routines, it's so important and it's really what keeps our life functioning. And I remember being completely wowed when I heard you talking about some routine organization on, on a couple of the shows that you've done. And, and you talked about not just weekly organizing and not just daily organizing, but the parts of the day. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So when you're a child, you have like your routine set up for you, your morning routine, your school, after school, then you have dinner, playtime, and then bed. And then you go to college and that all goes away. And then you get your own house and your routine is going to your job and coming home and having dinner and getting ready for bed. And then when you have children, if you stay home at any period of time, even just your maternity leave or whatever, there's no structure at a house. There's none whatsoever until the kids get into school. And then we have, we go to school and we have all these things. So if you ever watch the show, Super Nanny, The first thing she does in every single house she goes into is she goes, you need a routine. And she puts one up on the the wall. And I think often we work so hard and I already told you, you have three full-time jobs, your house, your children, and your job, right? So you're working all the time. So whenever you're not doing one of those things, you want to do what you want to do. I like to do a jigsaw puzzle or be on social media or watch TV. So we're trying to find all these little pockets where we can get what we want, a, a hot bath. Lucy, you might want a nap whatever. And we're trying to fit these into these, any open space we can find. But if we would make ourselves a routine and stack all of our duties in those routines, we'll end up with more time for ourselves. So often you'll hear touted the best morning routines and the best nighttime routines for success or for your six-figure business or whatever. And I have those. I have a morning routine. I have an afternoon routine. But my biggest routine is my after work or school routine. It does not matter how old you are. You should have a transition from your work or school into home and before dinner. That time before dinner or while you're preparing for dinner, 
you're tired, like everybody's tired at that point. So definitely have a snack or something healthy for people to eat. But I stack as much as possible in that time because if I don't, then I have to do it at seven or eight o'clock at night. And by then I'm a morning person. I'm really done. So if you change the laundry, empty the dishwasher, do the dishes, do the homework, do everything so that when dinner is done, literally everybody has free time until bedtime. And I found that to be the most popular. Now, if you are thinking, oh, that's a good idea. Like I should do that. Do not, I repeat you overachievers, do not make a list of 18 things you're going to do every day between four and six, because you will only get six of them done and then you'll be crying at dinner. And let's not do that. So if you're like, oh, that's a good idea. Let me make a list of what I already normally do. And let me try adding in one more thing or just sitting the kids down to do the homework. Don't let them play for 30 minutes and then do homework. I'm a school teacher. They're fine feed them food and make them do their work right away. They're not going to want to do it, but they'll do it faster and better than if you let them go play first and try to bring them back in and, and all of that. Yeah. I've started to think that I need to actually, normally we, we read before bed with the kids and it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a standard thing that we've always done. So when they started bringing reading books home from school, we just swapped it out. And rather than it just being us reading to them, we also have them reading to us. But lately I've started to realize with, with one of the children in particular that it's not really working um, and she's too tired and, you know, I need to kind of think about moving that to another time so that she's more engaged and wants to do the activity. So that's, that's definitely something I'll take away. But sometimes you can do some of this in the car if you're picking kids up, not necessarily reading if they get car sick, although I never did, but like you can quiz spelling words and stuff in the car or even mentally figure out what your top three are you're going to do when you get home versus listening to a song or one more podcast. <laughs> My kids don't let me listen to podcasts. After you listen to this one, of course. <laughs> um, one of the other big things that everybody has a problem with, I think, and if they don't, kudos to them. Actually, you probably don't. I know you don't. I love the way um, you look at me when you no, no, no. Well, I'm sure both of you don't. Lucy, because you are just that super person. And Lisa, because I know from listening to the podcast that she doesn't. But anyway, the problem that I'm talking about is paper. We all have everything, whether it's the paper bills or whatever it is. And then, of course, our kids start school. And oh my God, they're always bringing notes home from school. And if I don't remember to open those school bags and have a dig around, I miss things. And sometimes the notes don't even seem to make their way home. And then the next thing you know, I'm talking to some other mum who's telling me about something that I've got no idea what's going on. So I know, Lisa, that you have a whole product that's devoted to paper. So can you tell us a bit more about that? Because it is something that always worries me. Sometimes I'll be late paying bills or I'll miss the school notes that have to go back or whatever it is. How do we deal with that? Sure. I'm going to say this though. I have a new team member that's helping me on my team and she is a millennial and she has a baby. She's a little baby and she's helping me make my webinars. And I said, yeah, millennials don't have paper. She goes, oh, Lisa, Lisa, here's the thing. Millennials are not allowed to have paper. If we say we have paper, there's something wrong with us. We all have it. We are hiding it. Oh. We have filing paper. We are printing out our emails at work and literally hiding them because we're not supposed to have paper. And then what happens is it gets to the point where our kids are in school and we can't handle the paper anymore. And we go, okay, fine. We have the paper. We don't know what to do with it. <laughs> and I have found this is true with most millennials I talk to. They're like, I don't have paper. Like it's check, don't have paper. But once we keep talking, they're like, fine. I have all that paper that you're talking about. So it's kind of like a baby boomer woman saying, I want to go back to work after she had a baby. It's like a generational thing, this whole paper thing. So paper can be mail. It can be email. It can be notes to yourself. I find that the majority of my paper 
are my ideas. Yeah, I have that That's too. my ideas. And I'm noticing as I write all of my ideas down, I just do it on cheap index cards. You know what it does? It frees up my brain. How many things are you trying to remember in your brain right now as you're listening to this podcast? We still have milk. I haven't done this. I need to defrost the chicken. I need to change the laundry. I need. I mean, it's just constantly running in our head, this unending list of things we need to do. I literally have nothing in my head usually because I've written all of my ideas and my to-dos down and gotten rid of my to-do list. And I keep all of this in a Sunday basket. So the Sunday basket is just a box. It has these certain slash pockets and dividers that I have in there and a system for dumping everything in there all week. And then on Sunday, we take out all these notes to ourselves and the mail and anything that can wait until Sunday, waits until Sunday. I get it all out. And then I go through, I open all the mail, by the way, if something comes to you in the mailbox, it can wait until Sunday. I usually open Monday and Tuesday and by Wednesday, I just put it all in there un- uneven opened. So I open it, I pay the bills, I do that whole calendar thing that we talked about and look at what's coming up for the week. And then I go through all of my random notes to myself. Let me just tell you, my brilliantly amazing ideas, (laughs) 75% of them go in the trash. I mean, (laughs) and I'm going to start another podcast. Now I have done three podcasts, but I think we need to limit me a little bit. And also for entrepreneurs, writing your idea down means it validates it. I had an idea. I wrote it down. 75% of them, probably didn't need to be told to anyone. And if you tell them to a team member, they're going to start acting on them. And then the next day you're like, what are you doing? You're like, you said. So this is great. It's really helped streamline my business a lot. So you just need a place where you put all of this paper and you must go through it every week. You don't have to do it on Sunday. Sunday works really, really well for me. But one day a week, you go through all your paper. And then what do you do with it? So if we're talking about organizing, if you've paid a bill... Do you throw it? Do you keep it just in case I need proof that I paid it? I shred it. You shred it. Yeah. You don't have to keep paper. Actually, in the video, they probably are not going to see. My Sunday basket is behind me. What you find is we women are multifaceted and multi-talented, and we have lots of projects and ideas in our head. So like I have information on household improvement projects that I want to do in the future and clothing that I want to buy and you know, a file for each of my kids and my businesses and business receipts. And so some of our paper we can deal with and be done with, but a lot of it we can't. And the big mantra in the United States is touch it once. Yes. Touch it once. What? No, that (laughs) never works. That does not work because I can't always make a decision as soon as I'm touching this piece of paper. This gives me a time during the week where I can make a lot of the decisions, but for like, we get a lot of charitable requests. Mm. I don't decide immediately yes or no. Those go into a slash pocket. And a couple of times a year, Greg and I take the money we've saved and we decide where we want to invest that money. Or, you know, I'll put things for my kids. I already have a slash pocket for my daughter's graduation a year from now, a really cute idea that I want to do. And I had Christmas gift ideas six months ago for my in-laws that they said when we were at the beach together, I was like, Ooh, that's a good Christmas idea. And I wrote it down. Where do you keep this stuff? Yeah. There's nowhere in your brain? Like, no, it's not working. So if you've written that down, does that go in your Sunday basket? Or yeah. does that go in some other, and it just stays there until Christmas? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you don't sort through your whole Sunday basket every Sunday. You sort through a section of it. So all of the loose papers that are in there get sorted into the established slash pockets. And like the Christmas slash pocket, I know I don't need to look at until November. Or like even the LLC paperwork stuff. Like I just do that quarterly. But some of the slash pockets I look at every single week. Like I go through each of my kids' slash pockets every week and then the basic five. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. 
it's all active. Yeah. And we don't have a place for this, so it ends up on our kitchen counter. Mine ends up everywhere. So I have it on the kitchen counter and sometimes on the dining table and sometimes on my desk as well. And then, of course, my husband has a wallet and he just keeps stuffing things into his wallet and every now and then he dumps a load somewhere. You need a Sunday basket, Joe. Get your Sunday basket. Yeah. Okay, Lisa, my favourite question of all on this podcast is, do you have a mantra? Are there words that you live by? It can be related to organising or not. I don't mind. So for organizing, I always say done is better than perfect and progress over perfection. I'm not a perfectionist, but for life, it would probably be, my dad always said, what goes around comes around. So, you know, like what you give out, you give back and to always do under others as you'd have them do under you. That's lovely. And we also like to ask if you were going to give one piece of advice to all these women like us who are struggling with all these different demands, what would it be? Give yourself more grace and take a nap. (laughs) I was was thinking to myself, I wonder if you're going to talk about the nap. (laughs) Well, you know why? We're exhausted. Like you're exhausted, Lucy, because you have a baby. It's never going to end. Like You're going to be exhausted. You know why? Because we want to do and be everything to everyone, including ourselves. And we can't get around to what we want to do and be for ourselves until we're sure that our house is okay and our kids are okay and our spouse is okay and our job's okay. And then we're out of time again. So we just keep going like the Energizer Bunny. We do not have batteries inside of us. We must sleep more. Take a hot bath, take a nap, give yourself grace. We beat ourselves up and we have this expectation that our house will look like Pinterest. Yeah. Pinterest is a photograph. You live in the real world. Give yourself a break. I'm not saying, you know, live in debris or anything, but I'm saying you're doing better than you think you are. Take a deep breath and then just do the next thing. And have a nap. And have a nap. Have a nap. Yeah, that for might sure. Be the next thing. Perfect. Yeah, nap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Lisa. It's been wonderful to meet you, if I can say that, um, in person after listening to you for so long. And we're going to put in the show notes all the links for people to find you. But in case they want to do it right this minute, then we suggest that you check out Lisa's website, which is Organize365. And don't forget that, of course, because it's American, Organize is spelt with a Z. Um, so it's organize365.com and you can also find her at that same name on Facebook and Instagram as well. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Lucy. This has been so much fun. I really appreciate it. If you want to get started on your organizing, Lisa has got a free challenge happening right now on her Facebook page, Organize365, Organize with a Z. The challenge is out with the old and it is happening now for the next couple of days, which will see you through to the end of December. So go over, check it out and get involved. It is the perfect timing. I mean, how many of us are now staring around our houses, looking at all the extra things that we've accumulated over Christmas, wondering where we're going to put them? Yes. I like having the conversation with my kids, actually, where I say to them, all right, well, to make some room, we have to get rid of some old things. Absolutely. It works quite well. So give it a go. Go and jump over on the Facebook page and and join the challenge. That's all from us today. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, give us a rating and let us know what you think. See you next time. Happy juggling. Happy juggling.